podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. Hi, Jan. I heard Toyota-thon is on. It sure is. Perfect. I'm getting a head start on my list for Santa. Well, we've got great year-end deals on Camry, Highlander, RAV4, and more. But what kind of toys do you have? It's actually Toyota-thon, not Toyota-thon. We have great deals on vehicles, not toys. I'm sorry, sweetie. Okay. What can I get for five bucks? Current offers end November 30th. Toyota-thon ends January 4th. Participating dealers only. Toyota. Let's go places. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. This evening I'm joined by a nice representative spread of all the big clubs. Uh, go around and introduce everybody. Julian. How are you? Long time. How have you been, mate? Where have you been hiding? Ah, man, I've been good, man. I've been trying to get on, but, you know, circumstances has me, you know, busy on a Thursday or one of our lovely members from Coppin will be on, so I just let them have the floor. But I'm here now and I'm happy. So, yeah, yeah man, I'm happy. Good. It's, been, it's been a good weekend for you already, hasn't it? Yeah, I know. I'm just hoping to, you know, on Monday, uh, Monday, just round it off. Just round it off, bruv. And I'm confident that we can. So Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, And the other member of Coppin, Ellis, how you doing, mate? What's going on, bro? We're good. Um, we're, hearing yeah. you, we're, we're hearing you've upgraded your setup. Uh, yeah, you, a little bit, man. Digital. Yeah, man. I joined the, joined the big boys with a with mic and that. So like, hopefully you can hear me clearly. Yeah, we, we love to see it. We love to see it. Again, just like yeah. your brother Jules, uh, you guys have had a good weekend. And uh, yeah, you're going into Monday with house money, really? Hopefully, man. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, we'll see. We'll, no, we'll, we'll get into it. You don't. You don't want to say too much. I like that. I like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I follow you both on Twitter, innit? So I see all the crud. I see all the crud. <laughs> you see me. <laughs> <laughs> I follow you both on Twitter, and I listen to comments. I see and I hear all the crud in it. But don't worry, we'll get into it. Uh, uh, Stevie, how you doing, man? Yeah, what's happening, man? You good? Yeah. yeah, just about, just yeah. about. <laughs> we'll get into yeah. that. Don't, don't, don't you worry. Uh, Dan, how you doing, mate? Oh, you're mute, Dan. Top struggler. No, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. good, good, good to have you on. Uh, a couple of lads from uh, Tapping. Uh, before we get started, all I say, sign the thing. 
uh, another. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another uh, Who are you referring to, though? Uh, you and you and Dan, to be honest, signed, <laughs> signed the thing. Um, <laughs> Araya, I love how you started by saying all the big club representatives are here, and then obviously there's no Spurs, there's no Spurs representation. Yeah, boy, boy, no Spurs, no Chelsea in it. Um, obviously Julian and uh, Ellis will know that uh, Chelsea are very much come on when it's good, and uh, you don't really see very much of them when uh, <laughs> when they're not doing well. If you remember Ellis, the Conte season, we couldn't get Meads off the pod. Nah, for love, and, moment, uh, <laughs> the, season <laughs> after, the season after, I don't think he came on all year, yeah. uh, which is which is scary. Uh, yeah. Before we start, I'll do the usual and plug our socials. So obviously, we've got our Discord community. Uh, we have our Discord chat, different discussions going on for all the different club pods, uh, all our different extended pods, such as Courtside, Endzone, etc., etc. Um, we've got YouTube, where we put the segments of our podcast. So if you're somebody who prefers to watch rather than listen to us, I understand completely. And you can see the, you can see the segments up on there. And um, finally, Patreon. Obviously, Mugga, we're doing our team. We released a couple of pieces this week. And we'll probably give you a couple of pieces next week. So uh, if you're somebody who listens to Mugga week in, week out, and you want to uh, get a bit of Elijah's tactical analysis, or you want to listen to our newest feature, Pogba Watch, which I What's the thing? People, people are asking you to start nav cam, to be honest with you. Nah, 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 nah. It's all on there on the on the Patreon. With uh, all of that being taken care of, let's let's get into the nitty gritty of what's been a very interesting weekend of Premier League football. Um, it's seven thirty, so we're starting not too long after the City game has finished. Five um, two to Leicester City in Manchester. Um, I don't think many of us expected that. Um, I'll start with you, Julian, since it's been a while since you've been on the main pod. Um, what were your thoughts going in? Because obviously City beat Wolves last last uh, Monday and there was a lot of talk about how impressive they looked only to follow that up with a, with a battering at home. So yeah, what were, your, what were your thoughts on City last Monday and going into the game today? If you want me to be honest, I'm be, I haven't been focusing on City too much, you know, like I've been quite laser focused on obviously my own club, Liverpool, because we're the ones I believe this season that will lead the charge in terms of the, the, the title charge. So City has kind of been an afterthought and I feel like it's kind of, yeah, yeah, they're, they're quality side. Um, and last week, um, on, on Monday against Wolves, that would of course show that. But uh, I don't know, man, like going into this game, I haven't really, to be honest, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, haven't, I didn't really think too much of it. I of course thought City would go out with the three points, but this game was evidence of more than what, well, like, it gave me more to think about in terms of like City going forward and Pep's um, time putting into um, going for um, Pep, Pep's time at, at City going forward as well. And yeah, it was quite astonishing to be honest that they 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 held a five piece at home, um, and yeah, they gave all they looked poor defensively. It was glaringly obvious that you know defensively they are blowing the bag and seem to be getting nowhere. With 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 like their defensive troubles, um, players that we used to that we, in the yesteryear that we were right before like Walker, he's looking quite you know oof, looking quite unstable. Men Mendy he's looking heavy, um, and the, that that centre back that centre back um, centre back. Eric Eric Garcia and, and Nathan Ake. The first thing that stood out to me when I saw that pairing is how small they are. Uh, I, I'm very much a, someone who prefers a, your taller, athletic centre back. So you're talking six one, six two, 
they can deal with those physical strikers, uh, pacey strikers, especially when you're up against someone like Jamie Vardy. You know what you're getting from Vardy. He's keeping yeah. you busy all all game. Dan, I, I know you you watched the game. Um, what what were your thoughts? What were your takeaways from City's performance? And also, let's give credit to Leicester too. Yeah, yeah, you got to give credit to to Leicester. They had their game plan. Um, Really, because you know Brendan Rodgers, he doesn't really have a great record against these top teams. But I think today he got it. Um, he got it spot on. And I think for me, it just shows that City they they've not really sorted out that midfield um, and to try and prepare for life without Fernandinho. So I know they started Fernandinho today, but obviously the guy he's he's like fifty years old now, so he doesn't really have the same um, engine and legs that he once once did. And Rodri doesn't offer that same protection. Um, to the defence. So City now, I think it's, it's a lot easier to now beat their press. And once you do beat their press, as um, uh, has already been said, you know, their defenders are not good defenders one-on-one. They're not good defensively. Um, whereas previously, with the way that they play, you could protect them, you know, with their tactical fouling or, um, you know, being able to press as soon as you lose the ball. But they don't really have the legs in the middle of the park to do that anymore. And their defenders are not good enough to really withstand um, teams' attacks. So once you beat their press, it's basically them opening their legs and saying, you know, how many can you score on the day? Um, and they gave away three penalties today. On another day, Leicester could have scored more goals, man. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think uh, you, you got it bang on there. And also with, with company, um, <clears throat> what, you, what you have there is that he would a lot of the time step out and just anticipate that danger straight away. And you'd kind of see early season, he'd kind of be in and out of the team. But the minute we got to the business end of the season and it was time to win things, he was straight in and he was basically playing every game. So, yeah, between Garcia, Ake, Laporta, who's been very good when fit, um, but it was on the bench today because he's coming back from injury. And Stones, you quite haven't, well, not quite, you haven't really got somebody there who's kind of stepped in to take company's place. And like you say as well, Dan, uh, the lack of, uh, an heir to Fernandinho has 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 caused them some issues. So, Julian, you mentioned Pep's future. Uh, Stevie, I'll, I'll come over to you. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I mentioned before the uh, pod starts, there's very much a feeling from City fans that Pep's kind of mentality has shifted since his mum passed away in the summer due to COVID. Um, if City, obviously, we're not going to jump to conclusions after two games, but if City have another season where they've spent money on improving their, their team, and they still kind of finish behind whoever the leaders may be. Do you think that's Pep leaving, or do you think he, he tries to stay again and 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 fight fight for his title or their title? Yeah, I think I think with Pep is probably more dependent on their European campaign. Um, I think he's obviously he's coming, he's won the title a couple of times, um, and he's he's won it very well. Um, so as far as winning the league goes. I think he's probably content with his achievements there. I think the one question that's been looming over Pep's head is can he win a Champions League without Messi? And so far, it's no. Um, so I think that's one thing he'd really like to close out, obviously, given the, the situation he's had this year with his, with his mother. Um, you know, we don't know what kind of emotional state he will be in um, and he might just decide he wants another sabbatical. But I think... If he leaves and finishes this season without a Champions League, as much as I love the guy, you've, you've got to start questioning like his metal in top competitions because it's ample amounts of money um, and he's still left much to be desired in the top 
competition of them all. So, yeah, I really be hoping they'll do something serious in the Champions League this season. Otherwise, there's a stain for me on his, uh, his Man City tenure as there was on his Bayern one. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. Just, yeah, yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> Stevie is a, a man with high standards. I, I hear you. Um, not, not having with Ole at the not, he's not, he's not, <laughs> <laughs> he's not, Has he been to another Champions League final outside Barca? He hasn't. I don't think I he guess. has, no. Yeah, that's that's somewhat of a damning indictment for the the, the tactical genius as as he's been as he's been built. Um, we'll, we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. There's still time to go in the window. They were linked to Koulibaly. They were linked to the young defender at Sevilla, the French guy. But again, he's like five ten, five eleven. Um, Koulibaly is probably more of the profile you'd expect. But listen, Sebi's not on today, but he's described him as Eric Bailly in uh, Italy. So uh... I don't know if that's <laughs> a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think a bit, a bit of both. The best to buy and the worst to buy as well. So, um, I think they they probably do need that physically um, do, um, dominating centre back to play beside Laporte when both fit. The thing is, when you play for a big side, and you can attest to this when watching us, a lot of the time your defence will be left <laughs> out to dry one on one with the opposition's <laughs> attackers. And if you're not able to dominate, and I don't see Ake and Garcia being of that mould, um, you can be you can be left out out to dry. Um, so yeah, five two, uh, Vardy got a hat trick. Uh, Madison scored a lovely goal, and they they, they let uh, Tielemans they let Tielemans uh, take a penalty at the end there. So Leicester have started with with two wins as well, and obviously uh, Stevie, you'll know very well what we did to them last season. But they've started <laughs> they've started this season very well. Uh, they've been linked with some um, decent players in the in the window too, and they've uh, signed Sengiz Under from Roma. Um, what do you think their goals are this season? Do you think they try and make another push for top four? Or is it that kind of top six where they should be looking to aim? Because I think there might be an opportunity for them to, to, to sneak in again with the way we've, they, we've started. Yeah, they can push. They should be looking to push. Um, obviously, last season, Brendan sort of uh, lost his head a bit towards the end and allowed United to sneak in and, uh, and uh, grab that fourth place. But they, they should be looking to push because... Well, Leicester still haven't. I said Leicester, Chelsea haven't settled. United don't look too smart themselves. Um, today they played their cards right. Um, City tried to play a high line and and get that football moving quickly like they usually do, but it wasn't there for them today. So Leicester just picked them off, hit them on a counter attack every time. Vardy, Harvey Barnes, um, their new right back. I'm not too familiar with his name. Every time he got down the wing. Uh, City looked very, 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 very worried, and um, it was uh, it was testament to the penalties that they got because every time they got in behind, uh, Man City were always on the back foot. So um, this was Brendan Rodgers' first win on against Pep. So it seemed like he got it right. Um, they played five at the back to nullify the front or front three of I think it was Sterling, Mares, Sterling put up front, Mares. Foden on the left. Foden was Foden on yeah, the left. Foden he, wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't at his best. Yeah, nah, it does help him. It doesn't help him a lot because we all know Foden does his best work in the middle, in the middle of it, in the final third. That's when he's more elusive and creative. Um, he was left out stranded on that side, usually just tracking back all the time, which doesn't help him at all. So um, yeah, let's let's still play it right. It was it was pretty easy for them because City didn't look too sharp. So up on, upwards for for Leicester, they look good. They started well, and we say that six points or nine points. I think it's six. I think they beat they That's beat right. um, they won three 0 They beat West uh, Brom. Yeah. Oh, they so, lost yeah. to us. They 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 beat. 
West Brom 3-0. They beat Burnley 4-2 and they beat Leicester City 5-2. They lost to Arsenal in the League Cup, but we don't care about oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's nine points. So let's start, let's start it well, man. So they should be looking to push for that top four. Yeah, mm. we'll be, we'll be I think, to watch. I think with Leicester, though, um, they, they've, I don't think they've got the depth, really, to, to, mm. come, to push all the way. So, like, they're playing Europa League now and you saw towards the end of last season, they, they faded quite badly. Um, despite you know, sort of other teams having played more games than them, um, mm. so I think they need a lot more depth. So like, and Didi's out for three months. I think Johnny Evans came off of an injury today. Um, Vardy came off of an injury as well. So it's like you saw midweek. Once you get past their first eleven, you know there's not that much quality in there. So I think they need at least like two, three more signings if they want to really push for um sort of a top 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 four top six place because otherwise I think they might start well but then they'll probably fade again. They'll, they'll fade out again. I saw they yeah. were linked with Wesley Fafana of San Etienne but I think they were priced out of that one. But they had uh Ihenacho, Albrighton, Perez, Chowdhury, Madison. Yeah, you are you are naming some shocking players. <laughs> 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 I even heard it in the enthusiasm in your voice. <laughs> yeah, Nacho. You've got to sell it more. <laughs> You're not fooling me with that. I see free, mate. I'm truly shocking professionals. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Um, Quick question, go, though. Go um, on to today's earlier game. Um, Tobes of Touchline Hotspurs was supposed to be on, but um, apparently some technical issues uh, kept, kept him away. It's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll rep Spurs well here. Um, so Spurs were at home today, uh, coming off a good win in the Europa League. Well, it, it's still a Europa League qualifier. It's not. So they played a game to qualify for the playoffs, to qualify for the Europa League. So they're kind of, they're not in the Europa League oh. yet. Whatever the midweek game was, they won it. Um, oh, and today they drew 1-1 at home with Newcastle. They probably won't be... Probably they won't be very happy with that. A because they pretty much dominated the game and probably should have scored a couple more goals. And secondly, because of uh, the nature of the equaliser. So um, I think there's been what fifth, between fifteen and twenty penalties given in the Premier League thus far. Uh, the vast majority of them have been as a result of this new handball rule. So uh, who actually saw the Dyer's handball today that uh, gave Newcastle yeah. a, a penalty? So, and for those of you who didn't and who, who wouldn't have by the time they listened to the pod, um, the ball, uh, Carroll, was he headed it or he's, yeah, he, he he's, headed, headed, it, yeah. he's headed it and Dyer's in front of him and the ball has hit, I'm probably acting it out like they can see me, the ball's, <laughs> the ball's um, hit his arm, uh, his arm stretched um, out away from his body and as a result, the referee's given a penalty. Um, listen, the game's gone, lads. The game's absolutely gone. Um, in what in what world is is that a penalty? Um, if any of you disagree with me, correct me if I'm wrong. But obviously, they've basically said in the summer that listen, the Premier League, you're gonna follow the rules in it, and you lot are gonna do your own thing. And this is a, essentially where they stand in terms of handballs. So, what what are you lot's thoughts on on that rule and how it's been implemented these first few weeks? I think it's ridiculous. Um, I'm not sure the panel agrees, but especially that kind of penalty. Um, Dyer's gone up for the header. He's been shoved in the back slightly by Carroll. His hands come out. I mean, you've got to make space for context and nuances. Um, like that, that kind of thing. Dyer's not looking to stop the ball because he's not even looking at the ball. I mean, we give penalties for like deliberate handballs. 
So this is where we should be going. But if you're going to give handballs for like minuscule things like that, then what's the point? What are you going to do? How is he going to jump? How are you going to use your arm for leverage when you're jumping? What, what are they trying to stop? You know, something, you bring in rules in attempt to stop something. So what are you stopping? Like, what are you trying to to, trying to make clear? So I, I, it's ridiculous, man. You're just leaving the game in, in chaos. I think, I can see, I think when it comes to handballs, a lot of the time it's very much up to the referee's interpretation of um, if they were trying to deliberately uh, influence influence play with where the hand was. So sometimes, oh, he couldn't he couldn't have moved it out of the way in time. His hand was just there because he jumped, and that's a natural jump in motion. And I guess with this, it's more like let's just take away that kind of having to apply context. And if your hand is away from your body, we'll we'll give that penalty. It does mean that a lot of penalties, a lot more penalties will be will be awarded. But also in a game like today, well, you can say yes, Spurs should have scored more, but Newcastle did absolutely nothing to to deserve that draw. And Callum Wilson post match was like, Psh, boy, if you, <laughs> I respect him because he was shameless. Boy, if you're gonna give it, I take it, boy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see more of that. I think we did we give away a similar one, Stevie, not this week, last week. Yeah, to Crystal Palace, you did. Yeah, yeah we gave away a similar one that I didn't think was a. It hit his head and then it hit his hand, and they're like, "Yep, hit your hand." So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a penalty. So. Oh, What's strange is that there's even a bit of inconsistency anyway because literally on the game after, I think it was, um, uh, yeah, it was Arsenal, but who was the defender? I think it was, was it David? Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah. yeah. it was Gabriel. Um, yeah, he gave away one that's, that was literally identical to the ones that you guys got penalised for. So, yeah, man, I definitely feel like this rule is made to kind of like clear up that grey area in like, yo, this is the rule, follow it by the law. But then again, we're already seeing inconsistencies in yeah, so- being applied. So it's, it's ridiculous. It's a funny one because they said they basically they've added that the basically handball only counts if it's below the sleeve now as well. So I think that's why the Gabriel one wasn't given because it hit him like above his sleeve. But that one is probably is weird because that's probably the most a, like a, a penalty should have been given for for any of the ones that have actually been given. If that makes sense, because he's actually moved towards the ball and cleared it with his with his arm. So in previous seasons you probably would have seen that one given and you wouldn't actually complain about it. But under the new rules, it's no longer a pen because it hit him above his sleeve. Do you get? So it's, it's, it's just strange. And I feel like it just comes from the fact that the people who are writing these rules, they've, like, they, they, don't, they don't play football or haven't played football in the past. And I don't really understand why they don't just have like a, a, like a, a board of consult, football consultants. Do you know what I mean? who like ex-professionals who just come and if they're thinking about rule changes, they can then input on what they actually think um, that might have on on the game because it's clear to me that everyone involved in football, be it fans, players, pundits, they all know that this is nonsense. But for some reason, the refs decided to sign that off. You know, it's just, it's very strange. Agreed, agreed. Carragher came for Pierluigi Kalina and uh, those of you who came up playing a... Pro Evolution Soccer will, will know that that's a, that's a no-no right there. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't come for the Don. So I, I'm expecting uh, re- repercussions. I like red card for Carragher there, Stevie. Um, I get it. I get it. Obviously, with VAR, um, they're trying to reduce the amount of times where decisions can be brought down to people's interpretation. And I think a, a lot of the time as well, they need to ensure that for the fans as well, these new rules are clearly communicated because... They'll announce these rules and it might be mentioned in passing, but 
a lot of people aren't ever sure what these rule changes are. So then when these things are happening, people are like confused. Like what you mentioned, Dan, about um, it being above the sleeve, that's the first time I, I've heard about that. So uh, they have to do a lot more to, to let people know. And does that mean that when people are jumping now, they have to jump with their arms behind their back? You know, when like guys put their arms behind their back because they don't want the ball to hit their arms, does that mean you have to jump like that? And okay, now I'm going up against Andy Carroll in the air. Uh, and obviously because it's in my box he doesn't mind using his arms because yeah if he gets a handball and a free kick fair enough but you know I don't want to give away a penalty um, yeah they're, they're treading on very very thin ice with that one so we're going to watch watch how that one goes still uh, Stevie you haven't had much to say thus far uh, by, by design uh, but eventually you knew and I knew that the time would come uh, United of Manchester uh, we've we've gotten out <laughs> we've gotten out of there with a with a, a free to uh, win against Brighton. But give me your thoughts on on the performance yesterday. Yo, it was it's a mad daylight robbery. It's crazy. <laughs> it's actually crazy how we got away scot free with that oh, one. When we got boy. into um, the ninetieth minute, I said in my head, I said, I know how these games go now. Fergie times almost the reverse for us, like. In these crunch times, we concede goals. And so when, um, when Brighton went and scored the equaliser, I wasn't surprised. I said, you know what? We should count our lucky stars that were getting away with a point. Um, and then Mope has obviously gone in and thrown the game our way. So I was, I was ecstatic. But that performance from start to finish, absolutely dreadful. Um, it's almost like Pogba, when he plays well, we play well. When Pogba plays badly, we don't seem to play um, very well either. I, I don't know what's happening in that team, but we had about a three-game period um, after Project Restart where it seems like teams just were bemused that we had actually some decent players. And since those three games, <laughs> we have been appalling. I'm not going to lie. We've been terrible. So I'm, yeah. I'm proper concerned for us this season because I can't see it turning around, if I'm honest, because... We get on the pitch and there hasn't been a plan for almost two years. Oh, two years. Yeah, no, no, I hear, I hear you completely. Um, when you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask. No Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen a, quite a bit of uh, Brighton and they talk about potable tongue-in-cheek to some extent, but they played us off the park for the vast majority of, of yesterday's game. Uh, Pogba wasn't the only culprit. Bruno Fernandez was also awful. Gave away a penalty, left the man at the back post. Um... Martial was quiet. Um, Lindelof, what nobody since we've started has really covered themselves in any glory. People mentioned the fact that the teams who played later in, in Europe have come back and struggled, and there may be some point in that. But uh, we have only made one signing, Donny van der Beek. Uh, he's looked sharp when he's got to get on the pitch, but again, he didn't start. Um, what are you expecting between today and, and next next Monday in terms of uh, transfers? Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I need to I need to go back onto Pogba's performance. 
Okay. Because if I let don't this slip, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Listen, Stevie. Don't get no Stevie. Don't do this. We'll get you an episode two of Pumble Watch. Don't don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. No, 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 no. Let let him free. Let him free the real man. Let him free. He didn't create. He didn't create one chance. No shot. No tackle. No interception. He had the lowest pass accuracy of the one percent. Yeah. It has to be. It has to be COVID, or it can't be anything. Pandemic P. This is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because this is this is a mad thing. We're going on five years, and we're still trying to unlock Paul Pogba. It's it's crazy. Um, but then I don't want to put it all on him. Another player that I think we need to look at because he's getting scary now as well is um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Like defensively, yeah, this guy is he's a legend. I can't fault him. But teams are dead proper targeting him now like Brighton won the ball off him three times um when he had it in our own half and the first one I think was what led to us conceding the goal like this guy he within himself he within himself is a pressing trigger like normally a pressing trigger is like a loose touch (laughs) or a loose I don't want the sucker gets the ball you press (laughs) (laughs) it's it's madness like he needs a new boot sponsor because the Timberlands he's wearing currently yeah (laughs) <laughs> they're a bit mad and then the, the mad thing as well is that from the other side of the pitch as well when we're getting crosses like coming in from Luke Shaw's side like you're seeing Aaron Wan-Bissaka get exposed as well like there's so much I can go into but obviously this isn't the Mugga pod so you know what I'm about Wan-Bissaka it's like yo Mariah you would know basketball it's like it's like watching Westbrook on the ball yeah a team will just give him the ball and be like go on have your ISO do do, do it <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna mess up. you're gonna mess it up anyway man and we'll get the ball back so it's calm do your, do your worst bad man <laughs> but no, um, look bad. really really bad it's 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 beyond signings at this point it's 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 crazy like from from coaching to setting to setting up the game so even like patterns of play like it looks so 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 bad like I don't know what's going to happen with you guys I don't know what between now and next Monday when the transfer end who can come in or how the quantity of players that can come in to fix this because it's looking yeah you, you guys are looking for looking like having a tough tough season man honestly yeah no we I, mean, I think me and Stevie are we're mentally prepared for it I think at some point we'll have a decent spell just because we have good players. And Pogba yeah. again was was taken off after sixty minutes, so he definitely looks heavy and looks like he's uh, getting his way back to fitness. But um, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you uh, there, Julian. I think even with Mason Greenwood, and we were discussing it in our uh, Morga group chat yesterday, teams have kind of to some extent uh, wouldn't say figured him out, but they know he wants that that he wants to cut in on his left left foot and they know if they give him that half yard he's gonna he's gonna probably hit the target and more times than not he's gonna score uh what then compounds that is the fact that he doesn't have a fullback who uh keeps defenses honest so he's not getting any whip uh from Aaron Wambasaka's presence so they're happy to leave Wambasaka free and double up on on Mason Greenwood so he's struggling he did hit the back of the net, but it was offside. Uh, that was probably the only good piece of play our, our front three uh, had together, uh, where Martial picked it up from deep, beat a couple of players, fed it to Rashford, who uh, uh, one-touched it to Greenwood, who stroked it in with his left foot. Rashford uh, wasn't watching the line and, and, and unfortunately, uh, yeah, got flagged for offside. Uh, Dan, very quickly, uh, what did you think of Rashford's goal? Yeah, it was class goal. Class goal. Um, 
uh, yeah, he sat sat Ben White down. I think two times within like three seconds. You know, yeah. sent, I heard, I saw a tweet that said they, they sent him back on loan to to Leeds United. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was a yeah, it was a quality quality goal, and I think. The, the pass from Bruno Fernandes needs to get appreciated for that as well. And I think that's a difference maybe with him and Pogba a little bit. And I'm not saying that Bruno's better or anything like that because I don't think him and Bruno Pogba are in... I don't think him and Pogba are in the same conversation, sort of like player-wise, yeah? But I feel like when Pogba's having a bad game, he's basically incapable of doing that one bit of quality. He basically has a stinker and... And then he's done. Do you get what I mean? Whereas Bruno, he, he, he was having a stink up and then he still ends up with like three key goal involvements. Do you know what I mean? So he, he plays that ball. He plays the, the quality free kick into um, okay. uh, uh, Matic, I think, for the first one. And then obviously he, he roofs the, the penalty in the, the hundredth minute of the game. So I feel like his mentality, he doesn't, he doesn't really get phased when he, he, he makes a bad pass. Whereas Pogba, Agreed. you can Agreed. see... He starts getting frustrated when when stuff isn't going his way, and it, it almost gets worse and worse as the game goes on. But you know, I thought I thought Rashford was lively. I thought Green, I thought Greenwood and Matic were probably your your best two players in that match. They're the only one who seemed to have first touches um, that stayed with them. Very bad at the moment. Yeah, you can tell they're not the team is not sharp at all at all in that game. But but yeah, so yeah, you you lot you lot need work. Thank, thank you, Dan. Thank you for your, for your honesty. <laughs> Insightful. That's what we brought him up for. Your honesty. I love. You, you mentioned Bruno. You mentioned his penalty in the hundredth minute. Uh, I, a couple of the Coppin lads were incensed, um, Ellis and Julian, by, by the decision. Um, so let's just re- replay it. So obviously we've had a corner that um, come in, and it was was it Maguire who headed it or somebody headed it, and then Morpe, ultimate shit house, used yeah. his hands. Uh, then it gets cleared off the line, and then the ref calls the full-time whistle. Uh, immediately, the Manchester United players run to the ref to say he handballed it, he handballed it. Uh, the Brighton player saying, boy, full-time, my guy. Uh, <laughs> say, he handballed it, and the game was still going on. You need to use VAR to check that. The ref's gone, use VAR. He's seen more pay, has handballed it, and that one was a, a typical handball, and then he's given the penalty. Um, where do you not stand in terms of, of giving that? Um, did you think that once the, the, the whistle's been blown, it shouldn't be given? Or the fact that the game was still on when the incident occurred, did that make it fine? And I, I'll start with you, Stevie, and I'll, I'll go around to hear what uh, the thoughts of the whole panel is. So, yeah, Stevie, what were your thoughts when, obviously, if you were, for people who weren't watching the game, and we, I think we saw it on Twitter last night, a lot of people got that the full-time 2-2, then, like, five minutes later, 3-2, like, what the hell's going on? So, yeah, uh, what were your thoughts about that decision right at the death? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not even me being a United fan. It's spot on. Like, the handball has occurred within the, um, within the game time. Do you know what I mean? So if, if there's a, a foul committed within the game, then go and review it because it, it's, it's within the game. He's blown his whistle. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, he's literally going to review the decision, like, 10, 20 seconds later. It's not like they're in the tunnel or anything. So, yeah, I don't think there's there's much to debate about that one, to be honest. Correct decision. So, um, if you're mad, you're salty. <laughs> um, Ellis, what, what did you think, sir, when you, when you saw that happen? To be fair, I, I agree with Stevie, man. Um, as soon as the incident happened, you can see the referee go straight to his ear. I'm sure VAR must have said something to him. So, um, it's happened within the game. Then he's blown his whistle, but they've probably said, oh, can you check that? Because it happened within the game, so um, 
understood it. Obviously, you feel a bit up, a bit upset because it's United. Fergie, the spirit of Fergie lives on and what have you. But it's, it's one of them things, isn't it, man? Yeah. Is there anyone who thinks it shouldn't have been given between you, Julian, and you, Dan? Nah. Julian's itching for Julian, you're itching for it though. I know you. Nah, you know what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? I'm livid that, that, that it got given, but the, the game's the game, innit? Like you can't like if 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 this if this is what VAR is for, like fair enough, it's it's a bit it's a bit not a bit, it's very annoying that United get <laughs> yeah, at the at the like literally at the death of the game and then you're bringing it back. But this is what it's for, man. This is what we impl- impl- in, in, um, implemented it for, implemented it into our game to do. And it's just unfortunate at the time at the time that it happened. Like, yeah, man, I, I can't complain. I want to. I really, really want really, to. Really, really want to. Yeah, but but no, nah, yeah, man, it's, it's the game, it's, man. It's, it's difficult for you to do so. Cool. Um, uh, let's go to um, another game that was played yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a representative of Chelsea on the pod, so we'll have to do this by committee. Um, so, 3-3, three, three, Chelsea versus West Brom. Yeah, let, let's get into it. Let's let's first talk about the, the, the starting lineup because uh, obviously those of you who are familiar with me and Dan and who uh, follow the Chelsea Hour Twitter account know that they're pretty vocal about the amount of tinkering that uh, Frank Lampard tends to do on a game-to-game basis. Um, without that, he still has... Within that, sorry, within the tinkering, he still has players who can't be dropped regardless of form. But I'll, I'll run you guys through the lineup. Uh, Caballero in goal. Reese James at right back, Christensen and Thiago Silva with the captain's armband at centre back, uh, Marcos Alonso at left back, Kante and Kovacic as a double pivot, Mason Mount on the right wing, Kai Havertz uh, as a 10, Werner on the left, and Tammy Abraham up top. They proceeded to draw 3 3 with uh, newly promoted West Brom, conceded eight goals in two games before playing Chelsea. Um, Dan, what, what what were your thoughts on the, the the performance yesterday of Chelsea? Um, yeah, I was I was annoyed Chelsea. They lost they lost me some money still with that. Um, yeah, that, me too, brother. That, me too, brother. With, with, that, <laughs> with that performance, I wasn't pleased. Um, but I, I don't know. Like it's 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 surprising, but it's also not surprising with a Frank Lampard team. Um, I feel like for him, the the main question marks was this season was about how he was gonna, you know embed all these like new signings and how they were going to set up defensively in games and I think you know people are pointed to the fact that you know uh, they've, they've not actually conceded that many shots this that and the other but my whole thing is that teams don't seem to feel to feel any sort of way about attacking Chelsea they always feel like they've got a chance to to score some goals and they're not they're not wrong like people keep pointing to oh yes individual errors individual errors you can't really put it all on the on the manager but I feel like you've seen it. Obviously, I don't want to, you know, start bigging up Arteta, this, that, and the other. But you've seen it how Arsenal, everyone, they were a laughing well, you, stock. You don't want to start bigging up Arteta, yeah? All right. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. But it's it's just the best example that I have, yeah. right? Like you've seen it. Arsenal are a laughing stock last season with the likes of Mustafi, David Luiz, uh, Kalasinac, this, that, and the other. You can't always prevent individual errors, but what you can do is minimise. The, the the occurrence agreed, of them agreed. by protecting them and you don't really see um Lampard do this because and even if you look at other managers in the league um the likes of you know like Sean Dyche at Burnley Chris Wilder at Sheffield United you cannot say that the personnel they have and that they work with um is of the quality that Chelsea have 
but yet they still are able to protect their players um, and, they, and you don't see their defences being as open um, and as easy to play against as, um, as you do at, at Chelsea. So West Brom, they were very, very clinical um, with the chances. It was like three shots, three goals. But I just think, you know, this sort of performance, is, is, it's not a surprise from Chelsea, man. Yeah, yeah, you, you make a good point. Uh, uh, the, the, the vast majority of defending is, is organisation, I think. And then you do have your uh, individual defensive stars like your Van Dijk's who can then just take a defence from being good to being a, a, amazing. But yeah, when they asked Lampard about it post-game, he was very much, boy, you, you saw the mistake to my guys. And uh, <laughs> for me, that's that's nasty. You're the manager, and even if there are individual mistakes, it's very much your job to take the pressure off the players and don't add to how shit they're already feeling. Uh, and if you want to then drag them out personally or as a unit, you do that. You don't drag them out in front of the, the media. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how, how things continue to bubble over there defensively. Um, let's talk quickly about uh, Thiago Silva. Obviously, he's come over from uh, France. He's 36 year old, years old, huge reputation. Um a lot of uh, people have rightfully questioned uh, coming from PSG who dominate, what, 90, 95% of the, the games they play in the league to a, a much more physical... Well, I wouldn't say the Premier League is more physical, but uh, a league that has been known to explode, expose players physically, especially if you're not playing in a team that's going to dominate like PSG do. Uh, and he treated us to a, a, an error, which led to uh, West Brom's second goal. Uh, Dan, again, you were very much... Of, I was of the opinion that I think he'll be he'll be essentially fine he may not be amazing but I don't think he'll finish the season and be a dud but uh, you 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 have other thoughts um is there anyone else who's in agreement with Dan in terms of Thiago Silva coming over from from PSG and and yeah looking like it might be a bit sticky for him still I think yeah I think I'll go no no it's fine I was gonna say um yeah I think he'll it's gonna be techy for him not so much because of the league um, I think more so because of his age. Um, at 36, like there's very few players that you see at 36 in the Premier League centre-backs holding their own. Um, and you hear a lot of people talking about like the buzzword these days, recovery pace. Um, and I think if you just look at Chelsea, and as Dad said, the way they set up, they don't really offer much protection to their defenders. And I look at their full-backs, they're not covering themselves in much glory at the minute. And obviously, Thiago Silva's partner, whoever it is, is not going to be um, an elite defender. So I think he's got a lot to do. And I just think at his age, um, in this league, he's, he's going to be up for a tough time. And obviously, he plays like, what, two or three good games in, in the Champions League all season for, for PSG. So I think coming to the Premier League, where you've got to be at it every game in the season, I think he's going to find it tough, man. I really do. But he, he was he was a top defender. I just think it's a bit too late in his career to be coming over to England. I hear you, Stevie. You're, you're coming for next on this pod, and I, I'm loving it. I'm, to com- be honest. I'm so, coming so. for next. I've also yeah. got Havertz watch and yeah. Werner watch in the pipeline. But. Uh, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm such I'm such a fraud because I watched yesterday's game, and instead of just using my memory to to talk about the formation, I went and checked on Soccerway. And Soccerway <laughs> has, has the formation wrong because they didn't play a four-two-three-one. Because I want to talk about Picante in the uh, in the uh, single pivot as a deepest mm. midfielder, so they actually played a four-three-three. Havertz was on the right, Werner was on the left with Abraham in the middle. They had Kante as their deepest midfielder, and they had Kovacic and and Mount uh, f- a bit further in front of him. Um, 
we talk about protecting the back line, and I think we, we know what Kante does best. And um, what are your thoughts of playing Kante in that deepest role? I've never been a fan of it because I think that negates a lot of what he does well yeah. and also highlights a lot of the weaknesses in, in his game. Uh, and it didn't really seem to protect them yesterday, the fact they conceded three goals. I mean, you can talk about defensive errors, but yeah, they, they did concede three goals, which suggests something was wrong with their organisational structure on, on, on some level. Um, what were your thoughts on not just Kante, they tried ha- uh, Havertz on the right wing, and that's probably the third different position he's played since he, he's <laughs> gotten to Chelsea. Uh, they moved Werner out to the left. They brought Tammy Abraham back in. Um, what are your thoughts on the little kind of, tinkering that Lampard is doing because I think the Chelsea our lads have mentioned that he's a sort of manager that you don't actually want having so many options because it's almost too much for him and it's like he has too many options and he, he most of the time tends to start with the wrong decision and obviously last end of last season with five subs he was able to use the substitutions to rectify that decision but obviously we're back to three subs so what were your thoughts about the kind of tactical layout of of Chelsea yesterday? It shows that he doesn't have a plan from the get-go. Uh, surely, if, you, if you're if you in this game as a manager at a top level, you need to have a plan from the get-go. Um, also, obviously, as, as a novice, did they scout for these players? Did they scout? Like, if you're putting Kai Havertz on the right, he's, he's never been on the right, he's not going to work there. You're putting Kante as a, uh, as a single pervert holding, he's not going to work there. Like, like, what's happening? What is your plan? Like, what, what do you see your Chelsea doing. Um, yesterday, Kante just looked lost. He was getting pressed by elite championship midfielders, an elite level player like that. He was getting lost. And again, like you said, Mariah, he gets his best, his best work. His best work is to break play up and to start, start an attack. Break play up and to, and to uh, break play up and to start an attack. Uh, yesterday, he was just Trying to trying to um, put out fires and it wasn't just working for him. And when you have someone like Kovacic again next to him, it wasn't helping. So um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure Lampard knows his best team yet. Doesn't know his best plan yet. Um, before he figures it out, it might be too late. Have Chelsea got the patience? Don't know. Well, they're just giving him 250 m's or so. So I think they're going to have to back him. But we know that Roman is ruthless when it comes to uh, managers. Uh, we can quickly touch on a, a nice little cameo from Callum Hudson Odoi. So he he's come on and and he's bagged the goal. Um, I expect him to be back on the bench next week. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to be anything. Yeah. Lampard's thinking. Uh, Abraham also grabbed. Tammy also grabbed the goal. Um, they have ZH to re- return. Um, what are you lots thought? What are Chelsea's expectations this season? So last season they got top four on the last day. They spent two hundred fifty million. They brought in some top talent. What is the minimum that Lampard needs to be achieving this season, Julian? I definitely think um, with the money that was spent, um, he definitely needs to have a major honour under his belt. And I'm not speaking about FA Cups. I mean either Champions League or the Premier League. Um, with just looking at the money that he spent. But uh, I'm starting to question if um, Chelsea's spending of this money is even for Lampard. Um, they probably, you know, get, give, get, have given him the money to spend on these players, to bring them in. Also knowing that they're very talented players, but it like it's also in a way of, all right, we're buying you these players, but these players can also be here if you do not reach the goals that we need to reach this season. And... Yeah, man, I definitely feel like a major honour has to... And obviously, I, I don't feel like I don't feel like it's going to happen this season of them going 
um, too far in the Champions League with the way, with the uncertainty in even Lampard's setups and his tactics and, you know, with certain players needing to get games and they're not getting games. But yeah, man, it, it's, it's sticky. I, I, it just it just depends on what Chelsea's thinking is. Cool. Um, is there anybody who disagrees with uh, Julian and thinks that yeah. he's maybe asking a lot for their first season? He is, yeah. I disagree with Julian. Um, I feel he just needs to consolidate that top four place. Um I know they they did spend a lot of money, but last season they got up top four, 66 points. Um, for them to try and compete in the league and compete in Champions League, I don't I don't think they're at that level yet. I just feel that they have to like get more points on the board. For me personally, anyway, um, the following season, then we can say like, yeah, let's, let's start fighting for like a title or a Champions League place. But for now, he's well, his um, job is just to consolidate that top four place. Hey, uh, Stephen, uh, Stevie and Dan, um, whose camp do you go? Would you go with Julian, trophy or bust? Or are you more with Ellis? It's about consolidating the top four and then next season the target is a, 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 a title or a Champions League. Yeah, I'm a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's got to be Champions League or Premier League. I think those are already gone for them. I think they probably need to win a trophy um, and to probably give... Frank some sense of security they need to I think definitely finish top three like I think if you look at the money they've spent they have to finish top three um so I think they just need to show like real signs of progress but again if I look at the profile of players they bought like they're all really pretty but I'm just not sure how they fit into um into one team together Maybe it's, it's there for a bit of squad depth. But yeah, I'm just not sure they've decided to buy the right players in the right positions for me. Mm. And how about you, Dan? Yeah, I think I think they need to they need to challenge. Um they need to be within sort of ten points of the the leaders if they don't like go all the way. Because I just feel like Roman doesn't give you that investment to just get fourth. If they're like thirty points behind the leaders again then I think Lampard will will have to walk personally. I think, you know, um, Julian is right that he's, they've signed these players because they can be utilised by a different manager. Because for me, we know how much Lampard loves Mason Mount, right? And the fact that he's been in all of his starting lineups, played all the big games last year, shows that he sees him as part of his plan. So if you have someone that plays in that position... Um, then I don't see why you go and spend £90 million and then £57 million on two players who also play um, in that position when this guy's going to start um, start all your games, you know, so um, in Havertz and, and Ziyech. Um, and also Lampard, for, I think this whole, you know, because he pops, pops ball um, a little bit, people say he's got a philosophy, that's why he's, you know, a better manager than um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and whatnot. But... I feel like he's just flattering to deceive a little bit because the fact that he tinkers so much to me says that he doesn't know what he wants to do um, for any given game. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't have um, someone like Timo Werner. You start him up top the first two games. The moment Tammy Abraham plays well, Timo Werner's playing out on the left. Um, And then Mason Mount is then, he's still in the starting lineup, but what he does from the left is different to what he does centre mid. But I'm still gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that and chop and change it every other week. It doesn't really make any sense to me because if you do have like sort of your core principles, there should be certain things in the team that don't change. But literally everything changes every week. 
for for Chelsea. So it's a weird one. So I think they have to they have to challenge and push for some sort of major trophy. Um, they don't necessarily have to win it, but they need to be there and thereabouts. They need to be there and thereabouts. That's 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 fair enough. I can see arguments for for both sides. Um, before we touch on tomorrow's game, I just wanted to quickly talk about Everton, the interesting project they've got going on over there. So they won on Saturday. They beat uh, Crystal Palace two one. Uh, Calvert Lewin bagged again, and Richarlison grabbed the penalty. Uh, Ellis and Julian, obviously. Probably for your whole lives, they've been a bit of a joke. Obviously, Moyes had uh, a decent team with Pinar, Arteta, etc. Uh, I don't even think they really gave you much of a fight then. But looking over to the other side of Stanley Park, um, how interesting does uh, Ancelotti's project look to, to you, boys? It's cute, man. It's nice and cute. I, I, yeah, like it's cute, man. Like. You know they spent they spent a lot of money again on a couple. Uh, no, I'm joking. No, they 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 spent they spent money on you know a bona fide you know class player that's got pedigree within Europe and at the top level. So that's nice. But you know it's cute, man. Like Everton do this do this thing a lot where they you know blow the bag and then somehow end up finishing eighth or seventh. So you know with 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 this season, I'm I have to say I'm very impressed with the patterns of play with you know Hamas Rodriguez coming in there. Um, showing his showing his quality and talent, uh, Calvert Lewin actually kicking on because I thought he was a horrible striker even when he was bagging. Um, I I wasn't really rating him. Richarlison, of course, um, he's kicking on as well. Uh, but yeah, man, as I said before, it's cute. They, you know, I'm not going to give them too much props because they're our rivals, um, you know, in, in Liverpool. And yeah, man, we'll just have to see how the season plays. Like, I personally think they're going to peter out soon. Um, they will, you know, this whole momentum that they have will peter out once they, you know. Play a cup, play the top six sides again, and of course, when they play a couple of sides that will give um, teams even like um, that are in the top four issues. So, yeah, man, it's cute, but we'll have to see what happens for the rest of the season. Interesting, interesting. But they've got, and I'm guessing Stevie's going to say these guys are crap again. But they've got guys like Sir Goodson, Awobi, Davies. Come on, stop uh, it, man! You're, you're, <laughs> you're taking the piss now. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> 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 because listen, it is the Premier League, and James uh, Hammers, I should say, is is class. Um, but I definitely feel there will be games where he he gets to understand what this league is all about. Like once teams are watching him having a jolly up, they're gonna be onto his onto his case. And he's a quality player, so I expect him to be able to play through that. But there will be some games he just won't have any joy. And as as uh, you guys mentioned with Leicester, it is very much about your your squad depth. It's a long season. Um, but things are even more congested because of the break we took earlier in the year. So the games are coming thick and fast for everybody. So I do imagine players will pick up injuries and it will be very much a case of how good is your squad? How good are your replacements? When you drop your best players, the guys who come in, are they going to be able to maintain a decent standard? So yeah, three uh, games are still very early, but it looks like they have an interesting thing going on over there uh, at Everton. So yeah, let's let's keep an eye on that and, and we'll talk about it as the season progresses. So um yeah, tomorrow's big game, I guess. Uh, we've got uh, in the in the blue corner, uh, I would say Arsenal in the blue corner, just because uh, Liverpool are the home team. And uh, in the red corner, uh, Liverpool. Uh, coming off, uh, like I said at the, the top of the pod, a good weekend where uh, their rivals in Manchester, one lost, one doesn't look very good. Uh, Chelsea drew. Um, it's, it's You're playing with house money, really, aren't you? Um Ellison, uh, Julian, that's the reigning champs. I'll start with you guys. Um, what have been your thoughts on Liverpool so far? I think you played a mid a midweek game, didn't you? 
Um, did you win 7-2 or, or something like that? Uh, Virgin Van Dijk was starting, scary. But um, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, so you played a midweek game, you won 7-2. Um, you played a couple of Premier League games. What are your thoughts going into going into the game against Arsenal tomorrow? Catch us if you can, man. Arsenal, I hope they're ready, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> looking tight, Doug. It's looking tight. It's all right, you know. It's starting all right. No, all jokes aside, um, first game gave us a scare, that 4-3. Uh, it was a bit of like, we didn't know what to expect from Leeds. Um, they'd done their thing. Had to give them a Salah to slap a quick three goals. You know what I'm saying? We dusted off that rust. Uh, Chelsea dominate, dominated them. I don't think they really wanted it. Again, going back to going back to the the Chelsea talk. I don't think Lampard really wanted to expose his t- his team to the pressing machine that is Liverpool. But went down to ten men. Liverpool just woke up and just you know Thiago came on little little. <laughs> I mean, like, Stevie, Stevie yeah. looks absolutely shocked. Yo, Listen, um... this is this is basically a segment from Coppin. Coppin is just an hour of this. I, I cannot believe the monster we've allowed to be built. This is hey, crazy, man. You can't even talk to it's true. You can't even say too much to them, man. Even when I'm listening to it, I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, when I listened to a pod at the end of last season, I think they, they drew and like they do because they haven't got really much else to moan about. If they don't win, there's like it's hysterical on copy. Like, oh, we're drawing and like, who's playing? Oh, man, this team clock, man, this tactics. So it came like, round to know. Julian, and Julian was like, listen, man, these lot are shit. Like, it don't, <laughs> it don't even matter. It don't even matter. These lot are shit. Like, nobody's catching us in one season. And Ellis is coming with the, with the same energy, really. Um, so, um, Julian, yeah. uh, there are rumours of uh, Alisson and Thiago perhaps missing the game through injury. Um, if you have to use their replacements, which I guess are Wijnaldum, and is it still Adrian as your number two? Yeah. Um, how does that does that make the game more interesting for Arsenal, or, or do you think that you've just got too much for them? I mean, that does concern me a little bit, but you know, if Arsenal come around this way, they will get clapped. So. <laughs> they will get clapped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Honestly. Um. Even Allison. Uh. Um. Coming off of the 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 break that we had last season has hasn't been hasn't been at his best. Um. But I think last week against Chelsea, which is probably an anomaly within like the last year. Of, of him having like a proper dominant performance um, with Adrian, man, he, he's he's he gets he gets a lot of stick. But as a second as, as second goalkeepers go, I can't complain too much. Um, with our midfield, I definitely feel like, and I, and I mentioned this on Coppin that um, our midfield, even without Thiago, I personally think these players will play tomorrow. I think it's kind of a, a late fitness bluff that we're trying to pull that these guys will play. But even if not, I'm I feel equipped not to do. Which isn't as you know, which isn't great at Sorry, all. Sorry, I don't know if that was just me, but you went a bit um, uh, Terminator free there, Julian. Can you say that again, please, sir? Oh, sorry. I said um, the Arsenal midfield isn't as great as um, isn't as great. Sorry, isn't great enough to cause us any any issues. I just call it how you see it. Don't try and be nice. Just no, it's not great. It's not great enough to call say that shit. shit. <laughs> But um yeah, with Thiago out, I'm not too I'm not too you know worried. Um, I feel like we have enough in our locker with Wijnaldum and Fabinho. Um, if he's not playing, if he's not playing at the back, um, Wijnaldum, Henderson, and shit, and Kater to do a job. 
Um, I did mention that I feel like the only threat is going to be on that left-hand side of Avomian because he is the, the most potent um, striker in the league right now, bar none. And if we're able to nullify that threat and able to nullify Arsenal being able to get the ball to him, I think we'll have a lot of joy because we've got killers up front. And yeah, man. Yeah, you men are shit, so I'm sorry, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered at all. To be fair, yeah, I've got a question for you, though. Okay, go on, Steve. Uh, well, for both of you, lot, how are you lot feeling about this defence, though? Because since towards the back end of last season, it just seems much more shaky than I've, I've seen it from you lot. And towards the back end of last season, I was perhaps chalking it down to obviously you've won the, you've won the title. But this season as well, it just seems that you don't have like the same rigidity that you, um, that you previously had. I feel like we, uh, I feel like a lot of people look into last that that bad period that we had last year a bit too much because I, I feel like you know, defensively we have a plan, but then there are times where you know Trent wants to be an individual and, and you know, like bomb forward and you know people kind of overstate how bad we are. Like it's literally individual mistakes where we've conceded goals, which is like Van Dijk being for lethargic, Gomez getting caught at one one, but as a unit. I'm not too worried, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's more concentration than it is um, a lack of like defensive organisation. It's just probably like like against Leeds, uh, Trent didn't have no preseason. Went to England, it's probably just a bit rusty. Same with Gomez, just a little lack of concentration, which they will sharpen up as the season progresses. What was it against Lincoln? Uh, it was Nico Williams, Reese Williams, a young kid, both young kids, both nineteen. Van Dijk first half and Timiskis. Okay, interesting. Um, obviously, I wasn't the one asking that question, so I got to just watch you guys' body language in response to the question that Stevie asked, and it, 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 I felt a few veins were were popping on some level. So we'll, we'll watch that defense as as the season <laughs> as the season goes on, and we'll see if we have to revisit this conversation on any level. Um, I'll come to you in the blue corner now, Dan. Uh, Arsenal, uh, like you mentioned, Arteta's done a really good job. Uh, I was talking to Lewis about the game a couple of days ago, and he's very much listen. We beat them the last two times we've uh, played them, so so we're feeling good. Um, how how are you feeling, uh, Dan, going into this one? Yeah, obviously, um, Anfield is a different different prospect to to sort of Wembley and the Emirates. You know, so they're they're basically both our our home our home grounds in it. So. Um, so we're more we're more comfortable playing there, um, but I feel like with I, I like I don't I don't um, begrudge the confidence from uh, the Liverpool camp, uh, should I say? But I do feel like we will have more of a challenge than what they're necessarily expecting. Um, I think the game at the Emirates was very different to the game in the Community Shield. Um, we just done a touchy goon and sort of like preview um, pod. Um, for that so obviously patrons and that go go check that out um, but basically what I said in that was our performance improved from in maybe like four or five weeks um, when we played you at the Emirates to when we played you in the Community Shield you can say that you were rusty um, this that and the other but you didn't play very well um, in the Emirates and you still were able to you know sort of dominate all of the ball we didn't really create anything um, in the Community Shield uh, you saw a lot more patterns of play from Arsenal. Um, we we created a lot more chances, both through pressing and through okay, us. Hold on, Dad. The Liverpool guys' reaction. Oh, he's killing me. Julian is confused. And angry. He's and not. Alice, he's not happy. Alice is just angry. He wants a protein shake right now. <laughs> 
Oh, sorry, sorry to interject, Dan, because I was nah, nah, that's that cool. So, but I just had to say that because it was killing me. Go on, Dan. <laughs> um, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't all one way traffic in that in that game. We created chances both through we beat we beat Liverpool's press and we we were able to press them and create chances. You see, uh, I think there was a really good chance that we made from Enketia um, dispossessing one of your midfielders. You know, so I feel like if, with the more time that we have under Arteta, the better we're going to get. And so I feel that we'll have improved even more from that from that game. And even when we went when we played uh, Liverpool under. Emery, we had a few chances, but I don't think the belief was there from any of the players that we would be able to to score and take them. Um, whereas now, I think that the the whole attitude and morale is a bit different. So I feel like if we do get those chances, we're more likely to take them and be more clinical. So I think it'll be a closer game. I still think Liverpool are, are obviously the clear favourites, but I don't think it's a, it's going to be like a, a, a battering. Basically. I must say, I do disagree with... Um, <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Especially in our last two games, I do disagree with um, how good Arsenal have been. I, I do admit, Arsenal have been very clinical in terms of they've taken their chances when given. But if we also look back at those games, for example, uh, the community showed is, well, to be honest, we drew that game in, within the 90 minutes and they won the penalty. So I don't know where this confidence from Lewis is coming from, but cool. Um, but yeah, man, like... <laughs> But yeah, like um, even in that game, you had I think it was for thirty minutes where you had a lot of joy, and for the rest, you um, Arsenal were, weren't great. I feel like we dominated a lot, and to be honest, I feel like we've done ourselves a bit of a disservice with with um, Salah and Mane not taking their chances. So I definitely feel in that in that game we we showed a lot more fight uh, than you know than than must be made out that must be made out than we did. And at the Emirates, I must admit as well, I feel like those goals that came from Arsenal were from, again, mistakes, like me and, uh, me and Alice have said. It was very lethargic from Van, um, from Van Dijk, from our defence, and it was and Alisson also included. Um, and then even after that, I remember watching that game as well, and we were still kind of pumping, pumping chances, pumping chances again at you lot. So I must say, man, at Anfield, it's going to be a different story. This Arteta ball that, you know, that's, that's you know, giving you a bit of confidence, making your chest go a bit higher, it's, it's going to get deflated, man. I'm sorry. But to, to be fair, just following up, to be fair to, to Arsenal, like in the first half in the community shield, they did find ways to nullify our, our press and they did find ways to, to keep us. To, to, you know, their, their press was very good against us and it, it uh, took away our number six. So with Fabinho, I think you had Eddie and Ketia on Fabinho. Then you had your channels, we you had your Saka and Aubameyang cutting off supply from channels. So with that, I think Arteta has improved. Second half, we did change it up and we gave Arsenal more to think about. I think we went to like a 4-2-3-1 and then we had more players like coming into, into the pockets and Arsenal, had their midfield had more to think about. Um, I feel now, like in that game, that was our, I think, third game in pre-season. I think that was your second or first. So both teams were, were a bit rusty. I think now Liverpool are a bit more sharper. So I don't know if Arsenal will be able to keep up but obviously, I haven't, I haven't. I didn't watch West Ham. I didn't watch you against West Ham. Um, I watched you against Fulham. You did look good, but Fulham are kind of air. But it will be a good game, and hopefully, I won't have to eat my words. But I doubt it. <laughs> cool, cool. So that's a that's a late. <laughs> I see me not happy. He's actually disgusting. <laughs> 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 I can't even say anything. <laughs> like it's deserved. They weren't the cockiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was this was the whole of last year, man. It was like uh, you're waiting for them to lose. And I think it's very important this season that somebody beats them 
early on, early on, before they start to think they can run, they they can run the table again like they did um, last season. I think even to be honest, they how many games did you play before you actually dropped points last season? Uh, we dropped points in against Watford in February. Our oh, growth. That's probably like 20, 20, uh, 20 something. So yes. even a draw. No, it was United. It was United. They dropped points. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas. Oh, my bad. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so that's December. So, um, yeah, even a draw would feel like to them a, a, a loss because for the last year and a bit, uh, two years, we can say really, they've they've won the vast, vast majority of the games they've played in the Premier League. So, um, Dan, we're really looking, unfortunately, looking at your boys to to, to do something uh, interesting. Obviously, that game is going to be at eight pm tomorrow evening. So that's that's going to be on our Discord live. So we're going to have the Coppin lads there. We're going to have the touchy gooners there. Uh, Morgan guys come through because, you know, one team, either one's going to lose or neither of them's going to win. So we win. In in some way, we're going to be winning. <laughs> in some way, we're going to be winning. So if you're a Manchester United fan and you're part of our Discord community, then make sure you're there tomorrow. And even if you're not, sign up for the Discord. It is, it is free. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to that game tomorrow. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a doozy. So just want to thank you all for your time this evening. Dan and Stevie, a pleasure to have you on. Uh, the first of many, I hope. Uh, Julian, Ellis, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, yeah. you're never going to like me. I'm never going to like you, innit? But <laughs> we, 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 we respect you. That's what matters. We respect <laughs> you, and, that, and that's what matters at the end of the day. So, yeah, lads, um, thank you very much for your time. And, yeah, take care. Have a nice week. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Take it easy. Looking to give your retirement portfolio a boost with exciting new investment opportunities? Think about this. Crypto assets present the best opportunity to build generational wealth since the discovery of oil. In the past, cryptocurrency was confusing. You may have wondered if it was even possible to get involved. That all changed with BitTrust IRA. BitTrust IRA helps you seamlessly and securely add crypto to your portfolio. They have a 24-7 trading platform with no minimum investments and unlimited trades plus a team to help guide you if you have questions. Go to bittrustira.com slash podcast to learn more. For a limited time, BitTrust IRA is waiving the sign-up fee for listeners of this podcast, a $50 value. That's bittrustira.com slash podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.